afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Those are your numbers. You can email me too, talk at WDAY.com. Or, uh, hey, send me a tweet too on the, sh- on the air, uh, at Rob Port. A lot of people do. Uh, I try to monitor all of it while uh, also delivering you what I like to think is okay commentary. I don't know. I think I do an okay job. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, coming up at one thirty, there's a debate in the legislature. You probably heard a little bit about it. Uh, back in 2015, the North Dakota Supreme Court uh, ruled on a case that campus cops can't patrol off off campus. Uh, some campus cops had been doing that. Some uh, campus police departments had entered into um, agreements with off-campus law enforcement agencies to patrol off-campus. Uh, essentially, the state supreme court finding that those campus, you know, nobody had the authority to do that. You know, so basically, the supreme court said the jurisdiction for campus cops is campus. Well, now the campus cops want that expanded, and. I guess to me, I'm wondering why are we doing that, for one. Um, you know, campus cops should be on campus, I think. Uh, but then number two, you know, we're in a point right now where North Dakota has a lot of expenses. You know, we're, we're trying to fix the budget. We've got a governor who's charged our state with, with reinventing state government. Why do we want redundant police departments on, on campus? You know, see, why, why can't we just have a, a detachment of existing Law enforcement agencies, sheriff's department, or municipal police, or state police, I guess, and have them provide law enforcement services on campus. I, I mean, I don't, it seems redundant, it seems duplicative to me. But anyway, we're going to talk with UND Campus Police Sergeant Danny Weigel. He's also a member of the Grand Fork City Council. He is a proponent of expanding campus police jurisdiction. So uh, he'll be on the show coming up here at 1 we'll, we'll talk that out. Uh, But right now, you know, I want to talk about something. One of the most, probably the most controversial campaign promises that Donald Trump made was his promise to build a border wall, which in and of itself is, is a provocative piece of policy, but then also to have Mexico pay for it. And he has insisted repeatedly that Mexico is going to pay for it, uh, despite Mexico's insistence that no, they're not going to pay for it, and so I'm. This debate's gone on for a while, and it, it's come to a head because the head of the Mexican state has has canceled a visit uh, to the United States, and now Donald Trump is is sort of is the Trump administration is sort of touting a proposed tariff on Mexican imports to pay for the wall, under the assumption that this would be Mexico paying for the wall. And it, the whole thing's kind of fascinating to me for a couple of reasons. And I, I want to premise my comments by saying that I, I am generally in favor of immigration. I think people coming here to pursue, to, to find a better life, to pursue happiness and prosperity in America, I think that's good for America. I really do. I, I am not in any sense, you know, some sort of an anti-immigration nativist. It doesn't bother me. I think it's a positive thing. Uh, I think it enriches our country in a lot of ways and always has. As, as someone who, who, by the way, is a, is a descendant of Scandinavian and German immigrants, uh, I think it's a good thing for our country. 
But that being said, I, I completely understand the frustration that people in border communities have with illegal immigration. Um, it is a major problem, not because it's not just people coming across the border to come to the United States to work. There's also problems with drug trafficking and other sort of criminal enterprises crossing the border. It is a it is a real problem. Uh, I, and I can understand why people are frustrated with people just coming into the country and not going through our legal processes for immigration. If, if, if Rob Port were king for a day, what I would do with immigration is I would I would probably build a wall and I would make it. I would want to address a lot of different policies to make illegal immigration harder, but I would also want to make legal immigration easier, right? Uh, I think of it as sort of a, I want a tall wall with a wide gate, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I want, I, I want immigration. I just want it done legally and orderly, and, and so that we can have certain, a certain level of screening for national security, a certain level of screening for disease and some other issues but outside of that you know if you want to come to the country i say come to the country um i would even get rid of the the quotas where we limit the number of people who can immigrate from each country i'd get rid of that you know if you want to come here and you can pass certain basic criteria you could come here that's that's what i would do um trump obviously feels differently but but getting back to the issue so that's where i'm at on on immigration and you know maybe some people would call me an open borders guy or something i I don't know I, i don't think i'm that way it's just it's a complicated issue. I, I, I recognize illegal immigration as a problem. However, I don't see overall immigration as as a problem, if that makes sense. Um, but as far as Trump and the wall, this idea and it's 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 really sort of interesting because in years past, what, what conservatives, what Republicans have always argued when we're talking about policies that raise costs for businesses, whether it's you know, a, a hike in a tax or a new fee or additional regulation. The argument from conservatives is that it's not really the companies that bear that cost, right? Because a company is essentially organized around one mission, and that mission is revenue. And that revenue comes from that company's customers, the people who are out there purchasing that company's goods and services. So anytime you raise the cost of doing business for a company because you put in place some new regulation or you put in place some new tax or whatever. The people who ultimately pay for that are the customers for that businesses because it's all a business expense for the company, right? It's, it's, all, it's all just overhead. So if you increase that overhead, that's going to be built into the prices that we all pay. That's just reality. So the problem is, is if we turn around and we say to Mexico – Anything that you export to the United States is going to have a 20% tax tied to it. The people who are going to pay that tax are Americans, right? The Americans who buy Mexican goods or Mexican service. I mean, that's, that's who's going to pay for that tax. That is simple economic reality. And it's, it's funny to me to see all, all my friends on the left because I, I, I wrote about this earlier on, on on the blog, and all my friends on the left are all of a sudden wrapping their arms around this argument because it's great and it it undermines Trump. It's economic reality. Uh, I just wish that they would recognize it sometimes when we're talking about you know raising corporate income taxes or something like that. 
regardless, the idea that Trump is going to make Mexico pay for the border wall by taxing Mexican products is nonsense. It's nonsense. The people who are going to pay for it are Americans who buy Mexican products. And I guess the response that I'm getting from a lot of people is like, well, you know, maybe people will stop buying Mexican products. Well, in which case, if everybody stops buying Mexican products, how are you going to pay for the border wall then, right? We're still not paying for the border wall. A tax on Mexican products imported in the United States is inevitably going to be paid by Americans. And if Americans don't pay it, then we're not paying for the border wall under what Trump's proposing. And the other thing, by the way, it does is it also hurts Mexico's economy. Which, if we're all really concerned about illegal immigration, think of why are people fleeing Mexico? Because there's not economic opportunity down there. So now we're going to try to solve an illegal immigration problem that is driven by a lack of economic opportunity in Mexico by instituting a tax which harms Mexico's economy and creates less opportunity there? And probably increases the number of people who are desperate to get across the border into the land of opportunity that is America? That's what we're going to do? completely backwards, completely unworkable. I want to solve the illegal immigration problem as much as anybody else. This isn't the way to do it. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. That's the local number. Email talk at WDAY.com or tweet me at Rob Port. Uh, Talking about uh, Trump's proposal for paying for a a border wall between us and Mexico. So he's going to make Mexico pay for it by taxing Mexican products imported into the United States. Uh, Which really, if you tax those products, the only people who are going to be paying for it are Americans who buy those products. That's what's going to happen, and it's not going to pay for the wall. And it is probably, you know, if, if we do that, Mexico is a big trading partner, partner with the United States. Produce, oil, lots of things. Uh, and if, if, you know, that sort of a tariff hurts Mexico's economy, probably exacerbates the illegal immigration problem. I mean, listen, if we, if we want to solve illegal immigration from Mexico specifically, we should have an interest in helping our friends in Mexico develop their economy and get to a place where they're more prosperous, where not so many people want to leave their country. You know, that gets overlooked so often in the illegal immigration debate. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. John's been waiting patiently. John, what's up? Yeah, there we go. Afternoon, Rob. Good afternoon. I'll tell you, you're actually partly right on this and partly overthinking this a little bit. No, I think I'm 100% right, but go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's all right. You can you can you can be Trumpish on this, I guess. Um, here, here's the way I view it. Okay, let's start with the immigration issue. Okay, I, I disagree with you a little bit on just you know wide open immigration, but not totally. One of the things that we need to concentrate on immigration is bringing people into this country that aren't going to suck up, you know, the uh, benefit systems. Okay. So let's start with that. If you come in here with an education, 
of some sort and the ability to to get a job and not be a sponge, I'm, I'm all for that. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you on that one because we are a nation of immigrants. Okay. Now, that being said, on this wall thing, it's it's actually very simple. I'm in favor right now of just going ahead and building the dang wall. Let's, you know, let's start with that because we've yeah. asked Mexico for how many decades to control this border with us, and they have done virtually nothing. I and agree. the problem is not is not necessarily just Mexicans. Mexicans are a small percentage. Now it's actually people from Central and South America that are the problem, and the Mexicans just let them pass through because they don't want to deal with the problem. So, now, in lieu of a tax, which I disagree with Trump on that, I think he's, he, you know, again, everybody's overthinking this. The simplest way is, first of all, build the wall. Encourage Mexico to participate in it. If they don't, it's real simple. You boycott Mexican products, you slow their economy down a little bit, and once that slows down a little bit, they'll see the benefit of the wall and be more than willing to chip in to pay the cost of it. I think that if America wants a border wall, Americans should pay for it. I, I, I don't I don't know why Trump is so hung up on making Mexico pay for it. I, well, it's I think because, I, it's because they've not been helping us. Right? I understand that's, that. That's I, I, I understand that. I think there's other diplomats. If we want a wall, we should build the wall. I, I, I think Americans should pay for it. Now, there are other things that we can do with Mexico because you're right. Mexico has essentially condoned illegal immigration into the United States. They've been doing it for a long time. I think it's time for America to get tough with Mexico about that. I agree with that. Uh, I don't think that a tariff on imported products from Mexico is going to help. I don't think that's the right way to do it. I think that's going to harm. Uh, it's going to harm Mexicans for the intransigence of their political leaders. I don't think that's fair, and I think it exacerbates the illegal immigration problem. If we want people to stay in Mexico, let's help create economic opportunity in Mexico. So well, that and I stay don't disagree there. with you on that point either, Rob. But what I'm saying is that you, you know, we're Mexico is almost forcing it, you know, forcing the issue to the point of where we're going to have to inflict some economic pain on them for them to suddenly see the reality of this yeah. wall being a good idea and wanting to cooperate uh, with the United States. I mean, that's right. what it boils down to. Okay. Well, that's I, – I, I think that's fair. I, I I think that's fair. Thanks for the call, John. Appreciate it. 701-293-9000, Emailer uh, Marion says, Rob, please explain to me – how the Mexico tax is any different from the $15 minimum wage. It's the American people who will pay for both. But for some reason, $15 is okay, but not keeping money in our country. This makes no sense at all. You can't have it both why, both ways. You guys drive me nuts. Um, well, listen, I'm not in favor of a $15 minimum wage, and I'm not in favor of the tax on Mexico. I do think the two things are the same, though. I mean, this is what happens. When you increase costs for businesses, whether you're doing it by – you know, putting a tariff on imported products, so the businesses that sell those products or whatever, uh, are now you're driving up prices, you're driving up expenses for them, uh, or you're driving up the cost of labor. Either way, the people who ultimately pay for that are the people who are are, are receiving the, the goods and services in the end, right? The end user, I, I guess, for lack of a better, the consumer, I hate that word consumer because it makes us sound like, I hate that word. Do you hate that word consumer, Natil? I hate what it implies about us, that we're just these sort of... Mindless things that are just right. eating I, everything around us. I, 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 Americans are not consumers. We are intelligent people who have needs, who have wants, who try to fulfill them through economic transactions, right? There's nothing mindless about that. Uh, whatever we may think of what one another buy, you know, it's intelligent people making intelligent decisions about what they want. 
Uh, but ultimately, you know, we're the ones that pay the costs for everything. All the revenue that Google and Microsoft and Amazon and all these giant companies make ultimately comes for us, from us. And all the expenses that they pay are ultimately paid for us because we're where they ultimately get all of their revenue. So any tax like that, we're going to pay. So I say build the wall, but if we want a wall, America should pay for it. That's what I think. But, hey, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk about campus cops and jurisdiction, UND police officer Danny Weigel. He's also a Grand Forks City Councilman. He's going to be on the program next. Day two, no go away. Welcome back, Rob Report here on WDAY, 701-293-9000, your local number, 888-970-9329, that's the toll-free number. You can email me too, talk at WDAY.com. You know, like I uh, like I described at the beginning of the show, back in 2015, North Dakota Supreme Court said campus police, the jurisdiction for campus police is campus. Um, outside of situations like hot pursuit, you know, where there's a, uh, some sort of an emergent situation, um, you know, basically if, if, if campus police are patrolling off campus and like arresting DUI people, those, those cases aren't valid because they're out of their jurisdiction and the university system does not have the authority to enter into agreements for them to patrol off campus. So now before the North Dakota legislature is legislature legislation introduced by uh, State Senator Kurt Cruen of Grand Forks to address that matter and to allow uh, agreements where campus police could come off campus. Um, I don't think it's a good idea. I think campus police departments are redundant and duplicative, but here to explain to me how I'm all wrong about it is UND uh, Campus Police Sergeant Danny Wagle, who is uh, also a member of the Grand Forks City Council. Sergeant Wagle, uh, welcome to the program. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You said you were going to convince me that I'm wrong. Do it. Let's hear it. <laughs> Well, Rob, you know, it, the bill that's coming come across the Judiciary Committee and the, the State Senate, uh, you know, when we think about patrolling off campus, that's, that's not what this bill is about. Uh, the bill really has to do with what, if you're familiar with the University of North Dakota, between University Avenue and, say, the Ralph Engelstead Arena, there's a ton of, there's a lot of private residences that are intermingled right in between all academic buildings and campus buildings. And one of the issues with the, uh, the Supreme Court ruling is that you could be standing on UND property and take one step over um, right next door into the grass of a private residence and not have the legal authority or jurisdiction to enforce anything. And there was an instance this last October where there was a report of shots fired um, near campus, right in the middle of campus. And... Officers responded there. They located a couple people outside, and they said, you know, have you guys heard any of these gunshots? And they said, well, yeah, some people just shot at our house. You know, so a situation like that where you could have something that's, you know, life or death situation, and they could be a foot away on a private property that's literally right next door to campus, and they don't have the legal authority to do anything. And and that's what this bill really addresses. You know, I've, I've always said that, the UND Police Department shouldn't be patrolling down on 32nd Avenue South. 
by Best Buy and Grand Forks. That's not our job. Our job is to keep the campus community safe and with some of those big pockets in between all up campus buildings, that's, that's really what uh, Senator Kroon and some others are looking to address. I, one complaint that I've heard about this, and, and this is in Fargo, I realize that you're in Grand Forks, but obviously this legislation impacts the whole state, is that you know the, the the agreement between the NDSU campus police and the Fargo Police Department had you know NDSU officers basically citing um, citing you know traffic offenses or DUI cases or what have you into municipal court, and then there's a revenue situation there where cases cited in the municipal court those go into city coffers, whereas uh, most cases you know if if a cop, if a cop you know issues you a citation that money per the state constitution goes into the common schools trust fund a lot of people are worried that if we open up the door we're going to have campus police patrolling off campus and and there's a revenue incentive to do that what protections do we have in place to ensure that's not happening other than your assurances that that's not going to happen at the here at und we've always cited into district court right uh obviously ndsu is They've done something different, and I can't speak to that. But, you know, we really feel we're, you know, we're provided by the state. Our job is to protect state property and in the community. And what we've done is, besides maybe some certain instances on a, a handful of times, whether it's maybe a public consumption or something along those lines, all of our tickets or citations that are issued have always gone to district court. And that's what we've done. Um, right now, within this bill, it basically says that all those citations that are issued by a campus law enforcement agency must go to uh, district court instead of the municipal court. And that's something that UND has always done. Um, and that's something that I think NDSU, based on some conversations that I've heard, are, are in the process of, of switching over. So, obviously, the bill directly uh, uh, takes care of that issue that some people may see. Um, but that's something that us here at UND, we've we've con- been doing that for quite some time now. 701-293-9000, if you want to join the program, 888-970-9329. Now, I, I, I want to say that as as no besmirchment upon your, your job at, at UND or, or the job that campus police do in general, because I'm sure you're all sworn peace officers, and I'm sure you're all there to, to protect people and, and to provide uh, services and, and to do a good job. But But from the perspective of just how we organize state government, we are a state right now that, that is looking for ways to, to do more with less. That's certainly the charge that our new governor, Doug Burgum, has, has given our state. He's talked about reinventing state government. Now, when I think of campus police departments, they seem redundant to me. Uh, you know, I, I look at the websites. I, I see that, you know, there's a campus police department, and it has its own command structure with chief of police and sergeants and everything else. And I wonder, why can't those services just be provided by – you know, an existing police, whether it's, you know, a municipal police or maybe a sheriff's department or even the state police, I guess, you know, having a, a detachment of officers who focus on campus, wouldn't that solve the jurisdiction issues and, and get rid of some of the, the redundancy issues? Because I, I got to say, I, I see a campus police department. It looks redundant to me when we already have municipal and sheriff's departments and everything else. I don't understand why campuses need their own police departments. Maybe you can help me understand. Well, you know, campuses, if you look at the University of North Dakota, for example, um, at any given time, you could have fifteen to 20,000 people on campus. 
if you're Friday night at the Ralph Inglestead Arena for a men's hockey game, um, communities of 20,000 people, whether you look at a campus or you look at any municipal or county, they have their own law enforcement agency. And the issue with redundancy that I see, and this is where you and I will disagree a little bit, Rob, but if we're going to use that argument, then we could use that and say that, you know, all municipal law enforcement agencies are redundant because we have a county sheriff. And all county sheriff's offices are redundant because they have a state patrol and the Bureau of Criminal Investigation. And you can continue to go up that ladder of redundancy. But the issue, the, the thing about law enforcement agencies is law enforcement agencies deal with their community and the specific set of issues that that community is facing. While UND and the Grand Forks communities may have some similar issues, we also have some different issues that the officers here at UND are, in my opinion, better trained and better equipped to deal with. And um, the relationships that we've built with UND staff and students and the Adopt-A-Cop programs, all the community outreach that we've done, um, and this, I mean, it, it goes a long way, and, you know, there's a Bureau of... Uh, DOJ report that came out in 2011-2012 that basically said 95% of four-year institutions with about 2,500 or more students operate their own campus law enforcement agency. So this by no means is just North Dakota saying, ah, we should have another law enforcement agency just to deal with the campus. This is something that's nationwide and um, really kind of took effect when you've had some of the active shooter situations, whether it's Virginia Tech or others that a lot of them have implemented. We, I mean, we do a lot of things in higher ed nationally that, frankly, we probably shouldn't be doing. You know, the, the cost of higher ed has gone through the roof. And, yep. I, you know, and, and, and again, and, and, you know, obviously law enforcement's, you know, campus police is maybe not a part of that. But but obviously it's it's an expense. And, you yep. know, I, I think I think we all want secure campuses. Uh, I, I'm just not sure that having an independent police department is a good idea anymore, and, and again, this is not outside of your wheelhouse, but, I mean, we now have the Fargo Park District, which is starting their own police department, and it's going to have a sworn officer, and I'm wondering, I mean, when do, when does this end? I mean, it, it seems, and, and again, I you make a valid point saying that, you know, the, the redundancy argument, you could say that, that the municipality is a part of the county, so we don't need the separate departments, except that I it, it's hard for me to see a lot of distinction between the NDSU campus and the rest of Fargo, that, that the Fargo Police Department, with a detachment of officers aimed specifically at, at focusing on campus, can't handle. I mean, I, I, hear, I hear that we have these independent departments, and I, and I wonder, I mean, we, we've got this jurisdictional issues that came up because of the state Supreme Court, and to me, the easier solution is, is to get rid of the redundancy, have an existing police department handle the, the campus, and we all move on, you know, having maybe... Uh, lighten the load a little bit in, in terms of the budget. Is, is that so far off? The, I mean, are, are, we, are there campuses, would our campuses really be less safe if the Grand Forks Sheriff's Department or the Grand Forks Police Department was providing security on campus as opposed to a specific campus police department? In my opinion, yes. You know, I think that any time um, when I testified in front of the Judiciary Committee on, I believe it was Wednesday, uh, I told them a specific story where uh, a block or two north of campus, there was a call early one Saturday morning. The husband had left for work. The wife heard banging on the door, came up, and saw somebody was trying to get into her house. One of the UND officers literally happened to be two blocks away, got there, handled the situation, had the person uh, 
detained or under arrest. By the time the, the local city police department had, had even gotten there, um, you know, as, at times on a Friday or Saturday night when downtown Grand Forks is um, very busy, you know, a lot of those units are focused on that. And, you know, our units are, are focused solely on, you know, what's going on around campus and, and how are we keeping campus sure. safe on that. If you had a detachment from the municipal police department that was focused on campus, they could keep their focus there. And I agree with you. The jurisdictional yep. issues are a pain. I mean, I don't think anybody wants, uh, you know, a police officer to have to stop at the at the campus boundary and say, I can't help people beyond this boundary. I think we all want to solve that problem. I'm just not sure that the direction we should go in is should be expanding campus jurisdiction. I think we ought to be bringing outside jurisdictions onto campus. I guess that's that's the direction I'd rather go. You know, I, I look at it from a from a city council standpoint as a council member here that my ward encompasses uh, probably about 75% of campus. And looking at it that way, you know, I look at what's the financial impact to the city to police state property. You know, you look at it from that, you're going to need, you know, maybe 10, 12, 14 officers to, to staff sure. that when – uh, Chief Nelson has already told me, hey, Danny, I need more officers. I need more officers here in the city of Grand Forks to combat drug crimes, property crimes, assault. Um, There's no know, reason I, why the state would have to push all that cost onto the city, though. I mean, certainly the state could step in and take maybe some of the money we're spending on campus police now and send that over to the city. Anyway, it's an interesting discussion, but we're all out of time. Uh, Sergeant Weigel, I, I, I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks, Rob. That's Sergeant Danny Weigel from the UND Police Department. Interesting discussion. More to come. We'll wrap up the show coming up next. Don't go away. And the big country skyline brings an urban lullaby that still rings true. When I passed you on the street that day, should have let that rest come flow. Welcome back, Rob Port. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Hey, coming up uh, next on the Jay Thomas Show, he's going to have uh, West Fargo Mayor uh, Mayor uh, Chief Wrighton is going to be on the program. He uh, obviously, a lot of a lot of issues uh, going on around uh, that his situation uh, over in uh, West Fargo. So he's going to be on uh, the program coming up. Uh, so stay tuned for that coming up next here. Uh, as for uh, me, I, you know, again, going back to the Trump border wall thing, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense, folks. I, I think America should build the wall. I think we got problems with illegal immigration that need to be addressed. We can't have a situation where we have laws on the books. We're just not going to enforce. So I think we got to get tough on it. But boy, tariff and this 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 protectionism that Trump's promoting, it's bad for America in the long run. Remember, you can catch me here one to two p.m. Monday through Friday. For 24 hours a day, seven days a week at SayAnythingBlog.com, North Dakota's most popular political blog. Have a great weekend. We'll talk again.